While the men of valor are placing notes in your hands, the praise team is singing one more course before they go down. We sing praises to your name, O Lord. Thank you, praise team. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not as yet perceived with your physical senses. Faith is the substance of things you hope for. It is the evidence of things not yet perceivable with your senses. When Brother Tommy was here, he said something that I've shared with you for years. If you're looking for the manifestation to prove the faith, you don't know what you're talking about. If it's healing, finances, whatever, them appearing is not the evidence of faith. The evidence of faith is what God said and your trust in it. Now faith is the evidence of things you can't perceive or touch with your senses. In other words, I've taught you that faith and trust are synonymous. So when I find a verse of Scripture that says, with his stripes I was healed, that is my evidence of what I can't yet see. How do you know you're healed? Because it is written, with his stripes I was made whole. Himself bore my infirmities on the tree, and with his stripes I'm made whole. 
But what's your evidence? That's my evidence. God said, and I trust God. How do you know that bill's going to get paid? Well, I'm believing God. Well, it ain't going to get paid. How do you know that bill's going to get paid? I have God's word on it. He said, my God shall supply all of my need because I'm a tither and a giver. If you're not a tither and a giver, Scripture don't belong to you. But because I'm a tither and a giver, my God supplies all my need. That's the evidence that the bill will be paid. The evidence is not my faith. His promise is my evidence and my faith in that promise. If you're not standing on a promise, you're not in faith. If you're not praying the word, you're not really praying. Every time you want, desire, need something, there should be a basis in your contract. When you go into an employer and say, I want a raise, you don't say, I want a raise and you should give it to me because I want it. You say, it says right here in my hiring contract that after three months, I get a raise. I want my raise. Because the contract says, three months, I get a raise. My employment contract says, after the fourth year, I get two weeks of vacation. The fourth year is over, I want my other week. Just like you would go to your employer and use the contract he made with you to obtain the benefits that contract promises, you go to your God with his word, trusting in him, and you obtain that which he has promised. We say it, and I have you repeat it, we did it tonight. I will not be denied what my covenant provides. But you got to know what your covenant provides or you'll be denied it. The basis of faith is trust. I was asking the Lord about what to bring tonight, and He just started dictating, so it made it really easy for me then to take those notes and put together what He said would be a faith builder for everyone who would begin to make this not notes on a sermon but your declaration before God. The basis of faith is trust. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in Jehovah, Lord of hosts, with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust is from the heart or the spirit realm, out of your belly. Your own understanding refers to keep your mind out of any equation which involves God. Your mind will attempt to defeat your faith. To be double-minded is, I'm thinking here, and I'm thinking here. I can't think in both places when they are not one. So you get something like this, and it starts to build your trust level. 
because you're putting yourself in here. I can't afford to think about what God has promised me. I accept it or I reject it, but I can't think about it because I can't make it better by thinking about it. I can only make it worse. So I do not try and figure how God's promises work. I do not try and comprehend when they work. I simply acknowledge that they work and I lay hold of them. Trust in Jehovah, Lord of hosts, with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. God's word does not need to be propped up by any thought you'll ever have. James 1, 6 through 8. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded, unstable in all his ways. It doesn't say he's like a boat on the sea. He says he's like the sea. The sea moves with whatever wind hits it. A boat has a sail that swivels so it can adjust to catch the wind to push the boat. The wind can be blowing that way and push the boat that way. If the sail is set properly, it will harness the wind. But the sea doesn't have a rudder. The sea doesn't have a steering mechanism, so it gets tossed with whatever way the wind is blowing. Your spirit harnesses the wind of the spirit to blow you in the right direction no matter what the prevailing winds of the earth are. Doubt is a mental function that wars against trust, which is a spirit, a heart, a belly function. We sometimes have to refuse to even think. And that's why praying in tongues is one valuable resource in these times. When your mind starts trying to rapid fire all of these excuses and problems and difficulties, it's in that moment that just praying in tongues, so you don't have to think about what you're saying, you're praying out of your spirit, man, it shuts your head down. For everyone who protects only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. There comes a time in your growth where you have got to stop milking the cows. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, they are spiritual cows that graze the word of God to bring milk. But if all you're getting is milk, what this verse says, quit taking only 
what someone tells you the Word says and start chewing some of that Word yourself. Go from pre-processed protein to processing your own protein. The Word of Righteousness. What does that tell me? If I'm listening to everybody else tell me what the Word says, I haven't gotten myself into the Word of Righteousness because it separates the pre-processed protein and going right into the Word yourself and letting it speak to you. A believer grows as they become more and more accustomed to the Word of right standing with God. It is the Word that makes you grow up and your pursuit of it. But solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Do you know what that verse really says? Once I start getting a hold of the word of truth, then I start measuring the things of life by it. This pain tells me it, that I'm not healed. I'm going to measure it by the Word of God and decree this pain is a lie lying against God's Word. And if I start doing that often enough, this bill is a lie lying against God's Word that says He supplies all of my need. Therefore, I'm training my senses not to look at the lie but to look at the word of right standing. And I can get to the point that I can train my senses to align with my spirit. Now there's not a conflict in me because I'm in agreement. But many times it's hard for us to be in agreement when us is not in agreement. If I am divided, I can't really agree with someone else. They may be in perfect faith, but their perfect faith is hindered by my unbelief. So, what is lacking in most Christians' life? Applying the word of their new covenant to the situations of their life. And so they haven't grown up because they're waiting for someone else to tell them something. I need to read somebody's book, Milk. I need to listen to somebody's tape, Milk. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying add to that milk something else. You can live on milk. You'll gradually get weaker and weaker and you'll deteriorate, but you can live on milk. But some meat and milk, you can experience life at a higher protein level. So I listen to tapes, I read books, but I chew into the New Testament myself and ask myself, do I believe with the stripes I was healed? Or am I hoping it, it'll be true someday? Do I believe it's an established truth that I can lean upon and depend upon? 
Do I believe my God supplies all of my needs? Or do I have a contingency factor? <laughs> Through practice, the believer has made their physical senses submit to what the word of truth has to say, rather than the physical appearance. I train my mind to think, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what it seems like. The Word says, with His stripes I was healed. And if I can force my mind in submission to that truth, I can, with my senses, determine what is real and what is not. But if I don't read the Word of God, meditate the Word of God, apply the Word of God, I'll remain a babe my entire life. Thus trained to submit to the Word, the senses can distinguish between good and evil. How do I train my senses to distinguish between good and evil? I find the Word of Righteousness, and I make my mind submit to it. Mind, you hear me. With His stripes you were healed. With His stripes you were healed. Not going to be, not could be, might be, you were. You will line up with that. You will submit to that. My relationship with the Lord of hosts precedes me. Get a hold of this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I was set apart unto God before I was born. But pastor, he's speaking just to Jeremiah there. God is no respecter of person. If he talked to one person that way, it belongs to every person that way. Or God is a liar. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So God knew Demetrius in his mother's womb and separated him for his service before he was born. He just caught up with it sometime along the way. Well, Pastor, why do I need to think about that? Because if the devil can convince you that your salvation was an accident, there are people walking the earth who don't feel worthy to be here because they think their mama got knocked up and they were an accident. And that person will never really achieve in life because they'll go through life with a chip on their shoulder. Thus, some people think, you know, if I hadn't have stumbled into church that night, you didn't stumble into church that night. God might have had to trip you so you would go where He wanted you, but you didn't stumble into church. Church, I'm helping you right now to grow. It, did, it doesn't matter what the circumstances around your conversion was. The fact that you're converted mean God, means God wanted you. There are no accidental Christians. Don't let the devil diminish. Well, you know, I kind of grew up in church and I heard it from the time I was little and I, I never really had a choice. 
The devil is lying to you. Anytime the devil comes to you to convince you you're not worthy, it's a great indicator you are. I want you to start thinking to yourself, before God formed me in the womb, He knew me. And before I was born, He already had me consecrated, meaning separated for His service. God's plans for my life began before I was born. Psalms 139, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Everything about me was made by God for a reason and a purpose. I am not an accident. I am part of God's plan. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Do you consider yourself the workmanship of God? As I dwell upon the various parts that comprise me, I see how intricately I was made. I can't look at that hand. Four fingers juxtapositioned against the thumb so I can grip and hold and seize life. Just one thing gets out of kelter. And it affects every other part of your body. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark womb. God was watching while I went from sperm to embryo to baby to life. And God saw that it was good. God was always a part of my development. Every step of my physical, mental, and spiritual development, God was there. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Before I was born, God had a plan for my life. Most people live their entire life and never seize upon God's plan. Pastor, how do I seize upon his plan? I start by becoming grateful of my conception, of my formation, of my birth, of the plan that he has for me. And as I become hungry for that plan, he opens my eyes to see the plan. But God will not hand me the plan if I'm just going to toss it in the rubbish bin. His plan is too precious to him for my life for to be jettisoned through neglect. I have to begin preparing me to believe I'm special. The Lord knew my end from my beginning. My life is part of a larger plan and purpose than just my life. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. God has plans for my life. Yes. I want you to start meditating these things, talking out loud. Uh, meditation means 
Right here, Jeremiah 29, 11, God, you said that you have plans for my life, plans for my welfare, plans to keep me out of calamity, plans to give me a future and a hope of a better life than I've ever had. God's plans for me are bigger than me. They're part of His kingdom will. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. God, it's your will that I triumph in every situation of life. It's your will that every trial, test, temptation that comes along makes me stronger, bolder, better. I've got to learn to follow your plans of triumph because it's not your will for life to ever defeat me. If life defeats me in any area, I miss God's plan. That's not God's fault. I just need to learn to listen better. But if I don't think there's a plan for me to succeed, I'll accept failure as just the way things is. Failure is not the way things is. God always leads me in triumph. If I miss a triumph, I'm taking Austin Healy instead. <laughs> if I miss a triumph, it's because I didn't follow. But triumph is still there. He never changes his mind. I can go back and get my triumph. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. How do I get the knowledge of Him? From the word of righteousness. He is leading, but I must follow to obtain that victory. Triumph is assured if I follow fully. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither leave you nor forsake you or abandon you. No matter what comes in life, God has a plan and a pursuit for me to follow. If I will follow that plan and pursuit, it's impossible for me to come out on the short end of any stick. I want you to look at the bottom of page two, the very last line, and I want you to read it out loud to yourself. Does it say he leads you continually in triumph if you're worthy, if you're prayed up, if you're studied up? No, it says he continually leads me in triumph. He is always with me no matter what. It's up to me to be strong and courageous in that truth. It's up to me not to be afraid or panic when a pressure comes. It's up to me to say, God, you're going ahead of me. You'll neither fail me nor abandon me. You'll lead me in triumph. It's your plan for me to win. Page three. 
For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. I'm assured of his abiding presence. But pastor, it seems like God's a million miles away. That's because you've turned loose of a promise. His promises in your mouth keep his presence near to your heart. I said his promises in your mouth keep him near to your heart. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. His word is both written and in person. And the word became, took on flesh and dwelt among us. The word is the written, which the spirit of truth leads us in, and it is the Yeshua HaMashiach himself. That is, healing me and delivering me. When I lay hold of it both as word and as person. With his abiding presence, I'm assured of the outcome of my earth walk. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, through is the operative word, I fear no evil, for the word is with me, both written and in person. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is God's rod? The word of correction. What is his staff? The word of direction. Trust does not allow fear of voice. Na 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 I'm not listening, fear. I'm not listening. When I'm a child of God, he says, I will call upon him, and God will answer me. God will be with me in trouble. Wait, wait. I thought when trouble came, God just took off. No, no, no. God is with me when trouble shows up. God will rescue me and honor me. With long life, God will satisfy me. If normal is 70 years, and the promise is 120, what is long life? When you're satisfied. 121, 157. When you're satisfied, that's his promise. And I will let him see my salvation. My Yeshua. The rod and the staff. The ever-present help that continually leads me in triumph. He is ever at my side. Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Not only is there, but if I'll remember the Lord my God, if I'll remember the Lord my God, not if I'll remember some God, my opinion of God, somebody else's thoughts about who God is, no, if I will remember the Lord, Jehovah, my God, He'll give me power to make wealth. One translation says he'll strengthen my hand to gain wealth. Why does he want me wealthy? To confirm his covenant which he swore to my fathers. 
What covenant is that? That I be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the basket, blessed in the store, blessed coming in, blessed going out. God wants me blessed. Can you meditate that? If God wants me blessed, then blessings are out there waiting on me, and He will lead me to that triumphant blessing if I will but follow. And they overcame the devil because of the blood of the Lamb. Are you born again? You're washed in the blood. And because of the word of their testimony. Is your testimony, my God continually leads me in triumph? Is your testimony, with his stripes I was healed? Is your testimony, I will lack no good thing? Is your testimony, I can do all things through the anointing that infuses me? Is your testimony, he never leaves me nor forsakes me? Is your testimony from the rising of the sun to the sitting of the same? The Lord my God is at my side. He is ever the same. The blood of his sacrifice made me family. His word in my mouth defeats the devil and darkness. I can do all things the Word says I can through the anointed one and his anointing on my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have just in these few pages given you a way to begin meditating your way to growth and maturity. Just in these few things that the Lord gave me, I was sitting at the breakfast table, and I reached over and ripped a piece of paper out of a loose tablet and got a pen and started writing down as he talked to me. He said, until you build trust, you won't build relationship. Until you build relationship, you won't build real faith. Until you build real faith, you won't obtain real victory. But if I hadn't given you anything else, but you have a New Testament, you have 300 promises that you can draw upon. But if you'll just start taking these few pages and start meditating out loud, he continually leads me in triumph. That's a promise of God. God is not a man that he can lie. Amen. So if he said he continually leads me in triumph, there's not a problem that ever comes to my life that he has not already, before I was born, prepared an answer for. Amen. My life is rigged. One of the saddest things in the world is to find a sailboat sitting in the midst of the ocean with the sails unfurled. And somebody sitting on deck crying, I just can't seem to get anywhere. Unfurl the sails. Harness the wind and get there. As I meditate the Word of God, I'm unfurling my sails. Yeah. 
I'm harnessing the wind of the Spirit that will blow me to victory. Now, some people may walk off and leave these notes laying on the seat because they're not smart enough to realize the power that's in their hand. Some people will take them home and forgot and forgot forget that they ever got them. Wise people are going to sit down with these notes and go, wait a minute, God loved me enough to bring me this milk that's going to lead me to my meat. I'm going to meditate this milk, but I'm going to start reaching for the milk. No, the meat. Build your relationship with God. By the time you've meditated these notes two or three times, you're going to find a new strength in you because you're harnessing the wind. Then you'll be driven, if I can get this much stronger off of milk, what can I do if I go get me some meat? I'm going to hunt up all the promises myself because I've not even begun to scratch the surface here. This is just the beginning that God gave, gave me. Building relationship. You have to build it. Because He has already made you, prepared you, written your future. But if you never harness that wind, you're dead in the water. When all you got to do is unfurl the sail of trust. Sail on. As the Imperials used to sing. Church, it's brief tonight. It's not even 8.30. You didn't need a long sermon. What you needed was a shoehorn so you could get your walking shoes on. I challenge you between now and Sunday, read through these notes slowly, putting yourself into it. Daddy God, you, you wondrously made me. You formed minor parts. You already had my future written in a book before I was even birthed. If you had a plan for my welfare, not a plan for my destruction or me being the martyr, you said your plan was for my welfare, to give me hope, to bring me to a successful conclusion. I want to know that plan, sir. Wash my eyes to see your plan for my life. Anoint my ears to hear the victory and triumph you're continually leading me in. Personalize the promises. Meditate them until you see yourself in them. And you'll never be the same. What's the difference in a David and an also-ran? David hid God's word in his heart. So he would know what to do. Not so he would not smoke and chew and drink and run with girls who do. He hid God's word in his heart. So when a situation arose, he could say, 
No, it is written, says, My God has promised. And David understood that before he was ever born, God knew him, planned for his life. As he caught up with that plan, he became a king. You're called to be a king and a priest unto God, but you've got to get in touch with the plan. Say this with me. I'm getting in touch with God's plan for my life. I'm meditating His truth. His meat is forming my muscles so that I may do exploits in the name of the Lord. Well, choose up sides and go home. I call you blessed of the Lord.